before we get started, I think it's time we take a quick look at our good favorite green hair cinnamon roll superhero Deku. Six seasons is a long time after all. But let's take a look back to those Halcyon olden 2016 years with the power of music. Ah, that was great. How are things going with him now, I wonder? Yeah, that's what senior year will do to you. It'll leave you feeling dead. Somebody give that boy a hug, he needs it. No, do not ask us how the weather is. We don't know how it is. Don't, don't ask us! Welcome listeners to Podcast ONA. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that half-assed intro. I always enjoy my half-ass. It is quite a night. Even if it's half of an ass, I'm told it's a nice ass. Is that where it started, I guess? And to think... And, and to think, we could have started by talking about Rihanna and Dragon Ball porn instead. We were talking about Rihanna and Dragon Ball porn earlier. I'd love to continue that conversation. Who stopped? Uh, one day we'll record our pre-recording preambles and put them out there for all of you to hear and uh, judge us. But that day is not today. The TLDR of my off-mic... Off rambling was Dragon Ball Z porn artists treat the female characters better than Toriyama and Toyotaro. Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? I don't know, Eric Andre. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's he been up to lately? I wonder. Uh, Couldn't tell you. Mm. Hope he's doing alright. Yeah. Yes, we are all back, all four of us. Welcome back. Well, let's hope things have been going uh, better for you lately. Yeah, debatably. That's the spirit. Yeah, we're all just trying to survive, especially with how bizarre the weather has been for everybody. I'm just still adapting to... I, I got fucked up by the three-day weekend, and I missed the meeting on Wednesday because I thought it was Tuesday today, so I was like, ah, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so we are back doing uh, the usual do's that we do here, and can you tell I just ramble off the top of my head when we start these shows? Because I totally do. We are just kind of winging it. Yeah, we we always do. We don't come in here with a plan, we just cobble stuff together, record, and talk. That's how we've been doing it since 2017, if you can believe it. That's how all podcasters do it. That's why we go two and a half hours to discuss a 90-minute movie. Yeah. This is a call-out post for us at Dub Talk 2, by the way. <laughs> also, viewers cho- yeah. by the time this goes out, viewer's choice will be open for one more week, so make sure to get your votes in if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we haven't done a movie episode in a while. We should do that for that new Makoto Shinkai movie when it comes out, but that's not going to be for a little while. Uh, I think that's mid-April. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I can go see Creed 3 and tell you how anime-inspired the fight scenes are, so I'll do that. Yeah, that sounds fun. Do I need to see Creed 2? It wouldn't hurt. It's a good movie. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, we are back. There's no real theme to this show here, it's, for once. It's just a show with stuff for us to talk about. Hasn't that been the theme for... 146 other episodes. It certainly has. Though, though some episodes have more of a theme than others, but uh, yeah. And uh, before we continue on, happy trails to Pat and Ian from uh, the Completely Unnecessary podcast. They hit episode 350, and now they're going into semi-retirement. So, uh, good work, gentlemen. Thank you for always giving us a laugh whenever Tommy Tallarico does something incredibly stupid. We've, we've appreciated it for many, many years. Regards, congrats. Yep. Don't now don't be strangers, you guys. We we want to hear you when Tommy Tallarico does something even stupider. If, if you're wondering, uh, yes, I'm, my sources say uh, his mother is still proud of, of what he's been doing with uh, in television. I'm still somehow. not over the fact that like just basic questionnaires. H bomber guy looked into the situation. Re- resulted in him losing like two two Guinness World Records. <laughs> uh, the world's unfair like that. See that one's just funny. Yeah, yes it is. All right. Well, uh, was that preamble? I think we should get started. So, uh, sadly, we have we have to start with. Uh, a bit of an unfortunate passing, but one for we can celebrate a life truly fulfilled. Leiji Matsumoto, the man behind Space Battleship Yamato and Galaxy Express 999, among many others, passed away on February 13th, citing acute heart failure at the age of 85. Um. As much of a tragedy as this is... 85's a goddamn good one to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, not too much to say that I've been said already. Like, his, his output speaks for itself. He, he's been a really influential creator on a lot of people, and uh, he'll really be missed. Like, Captain mm-hmm. Harlock 999, Space Battleship Yamato, and that's not even uh, going into one of the craziest things he did, which was probably a lot of your first exposure to his work and his style. Interstellar 5555 from Daft Punk. Yep. Truly. 85 years old, a life truly lived to the fullest, penning many many legendary titles and there have been uh, tributes from some of his uh, I guess you could say inspirees for lack of a better term that I could think of from uh, Yashihiro Naito Hirotoshi Sano and those Mutsumaki I even saw members of the Steven Universe uh, Crewniverse were were sharing their regards and respect mentioning that a lot of his work, his space work in particular, was a big influence on Steven Universe in particular. 
which is not surprising because there is literally an episode where Lars becomes Captain Harlock. Hey, I remember that very definitively. <laughs> it was such a great... God, you want to talk about character arcs? Fucking Lars. <laughs> what a wild ride that one was. But it, it really cannot be understated how fucking legendary Matsumoto's work has been to the entire anime manga industry he's kind of one of the titans of that industry and his loss is a tragedy rest in peace good sir thank you for everything you've given us rest in peace his legacy will live on no doubt about that live on and s- like sail the stars for all eternity mm-hmm. yeah, there is another passing we have to talk about though which will lead into a further discussion it was announced recently earlier in the month that uh, Toei Company Limited's president and CEO Osamu Tezuka no relation to you know Astro Boy Osamu Tezuka uh, pa- passed away at the age of 62 I really did a double tack when I first read that name. Uh, I, I, I'm i sorry, before we even continue, I have to agree with Jenny here. I cannot believe his name is actually Osamu Tezuka. Like, mm-hmm. That's insane. Like That's not even like a small person in the company. That is the CEO and president of Toei Animation. It is a very gigantic coincidence, yes. Uh, there was no cause of death announced, which you would expect from a company as big as Toei. Uh, Toei did announce that uh, managing director and chairman Noriyuki Tada has taken on the role of president alongside his current roles. And from a piece from Variety, there have been some details on future plans for the company, including a a new 10-year plan that calls for investment and international expansion. I'm assuming this is in general... They realize the international market is huge and has grown even bigger as far as anime is concerned. And they're going to invest in global releases and different markets. Probably get some simultaneous releases, or at least as close to simultaneous as can be in the future. Well, look at One Piece Film Red. For example. I feel like that was at least two, three months, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to read uh, directly from this variety piece, as it says here. The strategy document for Toei Company says that the company recognizes that the world has become a globalized content market. Very, very uh, business-like wording. Look, I made you some content. Uh, acknowledges the power poof. That's what it says here. The power What? Power poof. That's what it says here. God, really? <laughs> there, there, there may have been some. Anyway, continuing. It says that audiences are becoming more diverse. Toei's response is to focus on original content that has global appeal, a longer life cycle, and which can be used in multiple formats and derivatives. With plans over the next 10 years to grow international revenue as a share of its total from a present day 30% to 50% by 2033. This is very business. 
yes. global appeal, multiple formats, and derivatives. Yeah. Um, so specifically, it says here they will include the expansion of production into offshore centers, including the U.S. and the Philippines, and the Japanese release of more international content through their uh, various partners. In-house aims to produce two live-action films per year, one in Tokyo, one in Kyoto, and one major animation film, each capable of grossing 3 billion yen, or 23 million U.S. dollars. And here, here's where things get very dicey. I was going to go like, oh, that's interesting, and then I saw the next paragraph. I'm like, oh. Yeah, this is the dicey part. It will invest in technology such as virtual production... AI and digital humans, and with actual humans developed somewhat, as it says here, un-Japanese compensation structures based on results rather than seniority. I have Ooh. no idea what that means, but I don't like it. Yeah. Ooh. I, like, I thought this was just dicey because of the AI parts. That last part, like, yeah. ew. 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 Like, I was just going to be like, oh, cool, at least one new uh, Toei theatrical release per year. That's 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 a cool, that's a cool little thing. And then I saw that. I'm like, ah, Ew. icky, icky, icky. What the fuck? Did, <sighs> like, all of this is business jargon, so this could mean something or nothing. But it's like... 62 is kind of a like that one's not quite as full a life as like yeah. 85 is so that one's kind of a bummer in that regard but that's yeah yeah toy animation is a uh, contentious company for many people and for many reasons they've definitely gotten a much bigger foot in like the north american market already as far as taking a more direct control with stuff like one piece on top of like the Digimons, the uh, Dragon Quest, literally everything else that they have rights to and work on. And so I'm glad that they are expanding and taking more of the global market into account. It's just as technologies advance, so too will be businesses that want to try and use said technologies. And it's like, oh man, let's... So, I just had a gross thought. A gross thought with an even potentially grosser answer. I have in the past said that uh, Masako Nozawa is a woman in her late 80s. Uh, uh, okay, I already know where this is going, and I refuse to think about that line. Don't, 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 don't stop. I already know where it's going. Just I'm going to stop you right there, Andrew. Fair enough. I will concede and stop. Uh, the fucked yeah. up part is if I am thinking it, you know they're already thinking it. <sighs> okay. Let's have a little talk about this whole resurgence of artificial intelligence as a business-like fad. The term artificial is emphasized here, meaning not real. Microsoft's investing in AI algorithm search technologies for their 
you know, browser and programs. Other companies are starting to try and get AI work done, like for animation backgrounds, <coughs> Netflix. <coughs> and then there are AI animated music videos, which look like shit, Mike Shinoda. That being said, not all AI is bad. A lot of it is, but not all of it is. I use a program called Waifu2x, which uses um, AI upscaling, in a sense, to make pictures look a lot nicer, which is what I use for the thumbnails for these episodes. It's why I get them so uh, sparkly clean, and, and sometimes it's a little hard to do, like for last time's, our last episode, where I couldn't find anything from Re Cutie Honey, so I just found whatever I could and blew it up, and just, there you go. Not all AI is bad, but a lot of it is. And if big companies like Toei are trying to utilize this uh, quote-unquote resource as a means to increase profit margins at the expense of, well, anything else, then they deserve exactly what they get by failing. This is not going to last long, and this goes for all the companies out there who are trying to utilize this as a means for essentially cheaper work. The point of this is, y'all gotta pay people living wages, okay? It sucks being in late-stage capitalism. Yeah. We're just trying to survive, people. Yeah, what did it all finally burn? Mm. It'll burn when Skynet finally emerges and the Terminators come to kill us all. <sighs> Terminator 2 was not a documentary! It was never meant to be one! All these people that are imagining the future and they're using the technology of the future and basically making, we can automate art so that people can work. It's like, did, did you people learn the wrong fucking lessons? We live in the future and the future is stupid. Well, if there's one thing that is nice about the future is that those long rumored projects can finally <laughs> come out. Oh, yes. So, for all of you long-time listeners out there, I know some of you are out there. I couldn't believe it when you told me this. Yeah, we have been talking about this series for a very long time. It was back on our second-ever episode in the summer of 2017, where we first talked about Pluto. That's insane. It's been six years we have been talking about this. It's been in various stages of production and production hell. And even cancellation. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. But now we are inching closer and closer and closer to that beautiful realization. If all goes well. If all goes well. Pluto will be coming to us this year. And it'll be on Netflix. So let's go over a couple of predictions that we have talked about in the past. One of which was we did mention if this was going to, in fact, be a real project, this was going to go to a big service. This was going to go to a Netflix. This was going to go to an Amazon. This was going to go to a Disney Plus. And now we know it is a Netflix exclusive series. Secondly, we were discussing that once this project finally would come out, 
it was probably going to be mostly M2 at this point. Maybe Mappa would sneak in a little credit, but the majority of this project has maybe been M2 and potentially a French collaborative studio. That appears to be the case. This is just, they're just crediting Studio M2 right now, which is what you would expect. And thirdly, the trailer that Netflix put out, I think this is the Annecy 2017 trailer from several years ago finally made public. Yeah, I have definitely seen at least part of that footage from back then, so I'm pretty sure it's the same one. So if anybody's talking about it, like, one, if somebody looks at that and thinks, oh, the CG looks janky, I don't completely disagree, but I'm also of the opinion that I think it still looks really strong. But I also don't believe this is the most current footage either. Like, I legitimately do believe this is the same trailer that we saw on, like, somebody's camcorder way back when. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to take a stab at a tube that base. Okay, okay, obviously it's a different story that really is the same footage from 2017, but uh, but at this I'm going to take a stab at it and, like, guess it is either completely or mostly done by this point. I'm going to assume mostly done, if not completely, because they actually showed off something. They announced something today, which is connected to this piece, that Studio M2 and a French studio made a 25-minute animated short. And I believe Katsuhiro Otomo designed the characters for it. Okay, here, let me, let me pull that one up, actually. Uh, director Rintero, the guy who directed Metropolis, like, f making his first new work in 14 years, is directing something at Studio M2 with Katsuhiro Otomo. How do you actually say his name? Katsuhiro Otomo. Otomo. Uh, so Rintero, he directed the Metropolis movie from 2000s. Uh, Otomo is designing the characters. It's a 25-minute silent animation depicting the behind-the-scenes story of Nizumi Kozo Jirokichi Edo Chapter, a film by Sadako Yamanaka, a director who died at the age of 28 in 1938. So this is a period piece, a silent animated film, 25 minutes long, and it looks like it's being made by the same people and even being produced by the same company that did Pluto. So I'm thinking if they got to make a short film with a lot of the retaining of people who worked on Pluto, that probably means Pluto's pretty done at this point. Uh, yeah, but uh, at any rate, I'm really excited for this one. I've been waiting like literally over a decade for this thing to get adapted. Oh, uh, on that note, uh, there actually is something I wanted to pull up. Just give me a moment. Uh, go for it. And yeah, I... I feel like more than anything, for people do not understand why this is a particularly big deal, A, Jet, you have been hyping this particular thing for me for a long time. You have flat out told me this is your favorite manga of all time, and I, I trust your media opinions very strongly. I feel like if you believe this is like one of the best things you've ever read, and I believe this is going to be something special. 
Okay, okay, there we go. I found it. Uh, so, uh, since this is a pretty big deal for a lot of reasons, I wanted to uh, pull up some quotes from uh, some of the folks involved in it. Uh, to keep things simple, I think I'll just pull up the ones from Yoki uh, Urasawa and Tanaka-san. Uh, just give me a moment. Yeah, what was the first name you said? Uh, sorry, uh, Naoki Urasawa and... And Tessica, okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, from Naoki Urasawa himself. Uh, since its publication 50 years ago, The Greatest Robot on Earth, an episode of Astro Boy, has won over the hearts of, of many people just as it moved my heart with its payphones I could hardly put into words. Knowing firsthand how difficult a task it is to create a remake, I applaud the courage of everyone involved who has taken on the challenge of making a new anime based on Pluto. I'm excited about the birth of this new series to win over people's hearts. I hope now more than ever, Osama Tezuka's message reaches across the world. And Thank you very much. Yep, and then from uh, Makoto Tezuka, uh, finally Pluto will become an anime, something I've always thought Pluto deserved. There have been many attempts to do it, but they all fizzled out because of the complexities of the story, and I admit that this is definitely not an easy task. That's why it's worth the challenge. The animated Pluto is a real deal. And in addition to being Urasawa's latest work, this is also a new Tezuka anime. I can hardly wait to see how this new generation of anime turns out. So, to establish why this one's huge, Naoki Urasawa is a humongous name, Osamu Tezuka is a humongous name, Astro Boy is a humongous name, and the studio this is being done at is by the legendary Masayo Maruyama, who created and founded Madhouse and MAPPA. Literally every studio he has, has helped to start are all named after him. Uh, yeah, this one really is a it's really a big deal. This one's kind of a huge show for a lot of reasons. So huge, we have literally have known about it for five to six years without even seeing a fucking thing. Do you know how rare it is for an anime production in the modern age to be in production for five to six years? Pretty fucking rare. You're lucky if you get three. Yeah, yeah. And um, as kind of alluded before, this is especially important because um, yeah, this is a new Arisawa thing, but this is also like a new Astro Boy thing for the first time in like a good decade or so. I mean, if you discount uh, Adam the Beginning, which was on, you know, like Amazon Prime, so no one watched it. And the last big, the last big Astro Boy thing was like in 2003. So, mm -hmm. so is this releasing in, this is releasing in time for the anniversary of Astro Boy? Uh, yeah, this would be like the 60th anniversary of the anime, I believe. Okay, so this is, this is the, this is releasing this year. Yeah. Again, if all goes well, because we know how some things uh, like to not go well. No, I, I completely understand that. But at this point, especially with the news about the animated like short film that's coming out, I think Pluto's done. Well, uh, since we have a full dissection episode of Attack on Titan planned for the end of the year. Oh, fuck me. That we're not looking forward to. I think to balance everything out, should this come out this year, 
we will we will reward ourselves by doing an episode about this show, considering we have been been talking about it off and on for six years. Mm. Outside of that, we don't really know much else about like who the staff is on it, but we do know a couple of the voice actors, which. Like, I think the three main voice actors, two of them are, like, pretty big-name seiyus with one not exactly being an unknown actor playing uh, a Jet. How do you say his name? Um, um, honestly, I'm not totally sure. I think it's, like, supposed to be Guest. Guest? Sorry, my German's obviously not particularly great, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, we've got Shinshu Fuji as the main detective, uh, Minori Suzuki as Uran, and Yoko Hikasa as Adam himself. Okay, I'll say, looking at this at this sneak peek again, I feel like every th- part of this footage with the detective was from the 2017 Annecy trailer. I feel the cut of Adam, and I- I'm guessing that's Uran and the Lions, I feel like that's new footage. Yeah, probably. That's my guess. It still looks really... Footage still looks really good, and I think this is gonna... This is really gonna be one to look out for. I I, I really am a... Remember when we reported on the rumor this was cancelled because somebody was selling, like, production materials of, like, a cancelled anime? Yeah, that was very... That was not a fun day for me. And then I think Maruyama himself came on Twitter when he never uses Twitter and is just like, no, it's still happening. But because there was no news in like three years, people genuinely thought it was dead. Like, that's funny in hindsight. In the moment, I know you were sweating, Jet. Uh, so yeah, um... Again, if all goes well, we will get Pluto on Netflix later this year. I, th- and, uh, I think I saw Tezuka's Productions mentioned autumn. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, we'll probably know in like a couple of weeks because they're supposed to have to get out of Japan. Yeah, it's probably going to be at Netflix's uh, show. Which I know we talk shit about Netflix. It's easy to talk shit about Netflix. They were probably one of the best case scenarios. Well, as I was saying. If all goes well, we'll get this this year, and we will talk about it, and we will have a good time with it. Yay. Now, don't interrupt me ever again, Andrew. We've talked about this, but anyway, we shall carry on from a bit of good news to a bit more good news. Well, if you're us, anyway. Uh, Crunchyroll Expo. It was supposed to take place this August in San Jose, California. But they have since announced that they are, quote, hitting pause on this year's Crunchyroll Expo event, stating that they are deciding to, quote, focus on attending a growing roster of expos and festivals around the world. I have no idea what that means, but I don't like it. Honestly, no, I think it's just as simple as we are not going to spend a fuck ton of money hosting our own conventions, and we're just going to spend less money but accomplishing the same goal by touring a bunch of other big conventions across the world. Yeah, as I can. Like what they normally do. Yeah, but, yeah, that does make sense. And, uh, yeah, I kind of would rather they spend less money, that sort of thing. But, uh, but from everything I heard, like, CRX, but it was otherwise in a really cool con, so in that respect, it kind of sucks. 
Well, except for CR Expo Australia, which replaced uh, Madfest, which was a shit show. <laughs> like there's like they already put their money into a bunch of conventions already. If anything, like Crunchyroll Expo is neat, but like there's so many other huge anime cons as is that they were already attending. I don't think this is a terrible move, all things considered. Well, let's hope. Otherwise, uh, they're going to start buying up a whole bunch of expos around the nation, and nobody wants that. But, uh, like they, they already fu- they already fund a bunch. But maybe this time, as I was still not talking, they'll do more anime expo instead of just saying, come visit us next month, which is very lame, and nobody wants that. Is Anime Expo the E3 of anime cons? It's been that way for 30 years. That means exactly what you think it means. If you think it means that, yes, it does. Uh, Yeah, there's that, and, um... Well, I guess I guess we should at least make passing mention of the fact that Crunchyroll laid off 80 employees, citing "quote unquote" redundancy. But late capitalism. I guess they had to cut costs to uh, fund this stupid awards show they're doing in Tokyo. The fucking redundancy thing is so frustrating because it's like, yeah, that's why people didn't want the two biggest anime licensing companies in the fucking world to merge under the same banner. Ugh. Yeah, um, but it is announced that for their possibly last-ditch effort to make this thing uh, worthwhile, the 2023 Crunchyroll Anime Awards, which are taking place live from Tokyo, Japan, for us on the East Coast on March 4th at 4.30 in the goddamn morning. Christ. I'm used to that for pro wrestling events in Japan. I am not getting up that early for this. <laughs> they, they announced that uh, they have confirmed a list of celebrity guests. Because if the Game Awards can do it, why not them? Except nobody takes the Game Awards seriously, and these people obviously want to make this awards show serious. I guess the question is, how much is this going to be actual news and announcements, and how much of it is going to be awards? And how much of it is it going to be dumb skits and or music videos filmed in a tacky office? uh, Yeah, and, um... Well, we have a list of celebrity guests here, which includes a member of the Detroit Lions football team, Aiden Hutchinson. Guys, Jamal Williams was right there. You got the wrong guy from the team. Now, that's what we call a fumble. (laughs) That was a... That was uh, Classy, a.k.a. Andrew's one sports <laughs> joke of the year. Uh, yeah. Like, guys, you got the wrong guy. But uh, they also got another football player. I can't believe I'm saying this. Super Bowl champion Juju Smith-Schuster from the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, expect some stupid TikTok bullshit from him for this. You think they're going to have him eat a finger? Because his name's Juju. That'd be like a 
that's terrible, Andrew. Go to the corner. You know where to go, Andrew. I know. I'm already there. Yeah. They also announced Finn Wolfhard, known for his work on Stranger Things and Ghostbusters. Hunter Schaefer. I don't have any opinion of that. I was just going to go back to Finn, actually, and talk about the fact that his brother Nick is a anime voice actor and a video game voice actor now because uh, Nick he was uh, one of the main characters in uh, Goodbye Dawn Gleese and he's Alfred in uh, Fire Emblem Engage so a little fun fact there okay and I think Hunter Schaefer was in Bell, if I remember yes, correctly yes as Ruka in Bell, also as uh, Jules Font in Euphoria also had a bit of a stuffle with some very bad takes that you can look up on your own time. I, I'd rather not, honestly. Yes, good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, there's also uh, Jacob Bertrand, actor from Cobra Kai. Robert Rodriguez, you all know who he is. Yeah, that makes sense. All things considered, uh, that makes sense. God, if they announce Eilita uh, 2, I'm going to shit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm sure Disney. I'm sure Disney would announce it on their own, but whatever. And there's also a self-proclaimed member of the Akatsuki, Selena Vega from WWE. Was that a good? Was that a good uh, WWE person to get for this, or should they? Have been? Yes. Okay. Yes. And we also have two guest stars from episode 11 of Tribe Nine, named Sikuno and Valkyrie. I'm sure those names mean something to other people, but to me, I have no idea who they are. Valkyrie and Sikuno are basically some of, like, the biggest gaming streamers I think in the world, probably. Well, they, they were also in an episode of Tribe Nine, so there you go. They were, in fact, in an episode of Tribe Nine. That is a very wild thing to say in context, yeah. Mm. But yes, so, um, I, I don't know. I saw this list. I'm like, that's nice. Like, I'm not offended. I'm not irate. I'm just like, okay, cool. All this effort for something that not a lot of people are going to wake up early for or stay up late for, depending on where you live. Uh. I'm not gonna wake up at four thirty for this. I'm probably no. we might. I might be lucky and wake up in time for Dub of the Year, and then I'll see the winner of Dub of the Year be like, "I'm going back to fucking bed." Yeah. All we're committing to is just saying who won, and then talking about other better award shows I, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, our anime. They have their award show coming up. We'll talk about their show in greater detail. We we we're probably going to spend some time talking about it, but if we if we can't even watch most of it or we don't watch most of it, it'll just be like, all right, whatever. All right, whatever is the attitude we're going for. So yeah, um, for any of you out there who are going to get up early for this, reassess your priorities. Maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't. That's right. Maybe don't. That's the spirit. Uh, yeah. So we have to uh, carry on with more shenanigans from Aniplex as they're uh, still not getting the hang of all their production woes, which comes with a bit of a monkey's paw curl effect because I believe uh, Near Automata came back to broadcast, right? Uh, Near Automata has begun airing uh, new episodes again, yes. Good. Well, apparently... Uh, 
a couple other shows had to fall for it to happen. Yeah. Season two of Misfit of Demon King Academy has been postponed after episode seven because, you know. You know. Same goes for a show that was supposed to begin in April, St. Cecilia and Pastor Lawrence. That has now been punted to July. Honestly, punting a show early if you know you're going to get a delay is still a better alternative than a delay midway through. Uh So if anything, this is the smarter call to make, which I honestly think we might have... Oh, either way, these, these are related to... Anaplex particular foibles. That's a bummer about Misfit of Demon King. That's a bummer about Saint Pastor, Saint Cecilia, Pastor Lawrence. That one looked cute, but I can wait a few months. There's enough as it is. We'll see in July. Yeah. Yep. Although, unrelated to Anaplex, there have been uh, more production woes from other companies and studios. Uh, Techno right over mine for any of you out there watching it. Episode 8 has been postponed by a week to March 1st, and there is no confirmation of the broadcast schedule for episode 9 onwards, so that kind of stinks. That one's rough, because I found out that was originally supposed to be a summer anime, and then it got delayed to the winter, and now it's dealing with COVID stuff. Uh. Which is, this one's not mentioned here, but guess what? The same fate hit fucking Maple, too. Uh... Bofuri, which was supposed to originally air in the fall, has been airing this season and got hit with COVID delays. And I think they're going to air the last two episodes of season two at an undisclosed later date because of the production delays. <sighs> it, it, it's, a, it's a 50-50 at this point. 50% of this is, in fact, the real coronavirus pandemic impacting the production pipeline. 50% of it is also what happens when you guys remember college or high school, right? Whereas basically, remember when you put off that like paper until the last possible day and then you pulled an all-nighter and so you got it done but you felt like death afterwards? If anything went wrong between the time you started that paper in 24 hours to when you hand in that paper, everything's going to fall the fuck apart. That is what's happening with a bunch of these productions, is that they are starting and releasing these so close to the actual deadline that if any single thing goes wrong, then everything falls apart. That's what's happening with all these particular productions, is that so many of them are so close to the wire that because of the actual for real COVID delays, they're all stumbling before they even get out the door. Now, how much of that is involving outsourcing to other studios in other countries? A good possibility. A good amount that that is at least playing some part. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Oh, boy. Because we're not done talking about this pesky little bug that just refuses to go away. Because there are very, 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 very evil forces working against all of us in the universe. Uh, though I'm sure this will this will be a bummer to not as many people. But still, you know, a bummer. Uh, that Black Clover movie, Sword of the Wizard King, it was supposed to come to theaters 
and hit Netflix on March 31st. It has been pushed back to June 16th. The only reason I'm upset about this happening is that I have to wait even longer to find out if Netflix did the right thing and got the cast back for the dub. Yeah, but uh, I gotta say, for a movie getting delayed that much, that is fetish. That sure says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Perot really is, this really is not Perot's favorite stepchild, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, I've been hearing uh, some uh, unsafe rumors about their other favorite child, but I guess we gotta wait to see what happens there. Do tell, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Boruto is melting before I there. Uh, yeah, to, oh, the, uh, to the point, it supposed, to the point I've been hearing rumors it supposedly might go on hiatus soon. Oh, Christ. <laughs> there are only so many time travel stories you can do before everything just falls to pieces. God, Sasuke fights a dinosaur once and then the world goes to shit, huh? <laughs> How many episodes are they up to? 200-something? They are almost at 300. Good God. That, 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 is, a, that is almost a thousand episodes of Naruto. That is too much Naruto. We are... We so Boruto is past the length of the original Naruto series at this point. And uh, no, it is not. Okay, uh, all right. Okay, if you mean you mean the like the original anime, I mean, I'm talking the original Naruto anime at 220 episodes. It has long surpassed it. Oh, okay, yeah. We are Naruto'd out as a society. It's time to let sleeping dogs lie. Kishimoto tried to move on. Society didn't let him move to the stars, so then he crashed and burned back to writing Boruto with a fucking author that makes all the 13-year-old girls look really fucking scantily creepy. And that line of thinking is how we also get more Disney sequels. Disney sequels. Yeah, didn't you hear Disney announced they're doing a new Frozen and a new Toy Story because uh, they lost money on a international sports deal that lapsed? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, see, see, I was trying to be like, how do you get creepy anime teenagers and, and go to Disney? And then it's like, oh, okay, I can, I can follow the train of thought. I mean, if you ask some people, they can tell you, but those people have uh, mental deficiencies. And that's people to get nicely. We were talking about Black Clover, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. That, that, that shows you just how much we care about Black Clover. Not at all. Anyways, I hope they get the dubcast back, and we'll see you in June, Asta. Yep. And we have one more uh, medical punting. Masamune Kun's Revenge R has been pushed back from April to July. Sim- repeat my thoughts that I said with St. Pastor. It's a bummer, but it, it's a good they did it before the show premiered rather than during the show was airing. I admittedly just care less about Masamune Kun as a series, but I'm sure somebody's going to be happy or disappointed or both. Either way, give continue to give Josh Greeley more work <laughs> because they are a fucking treat. Yeah. Um... Re- okay. Real talk. Why is why is every Crunchyroll title from 2017 all of a sudden getting a new anime season? Like, like that. That's not a coincidence. That's fucking weird, right? Very. 
Enough so. Anyway, it's excited for Ancient Magus Bride Season 2 in April. Yay. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, we, will, we will move on as I look at this gaudy piss yellow ann banner ad you were right andrew this is ugly i told you it's the color it's, it's <laughs> piss yellow is a terrible background color a okay anyway uh now we get to do a little bit of dub uh discussion we didn't copyright the phrase dub talk <laughs> yet just saying yeah uh and this ties into a very weird service in its own right to be a lot of people discovered to be probably for the first time uh, from that Super Bowl ad where it looked like the TV was just changing on its own, but it, it wasn't. And apparently some people got really upset with it, even though, uh, uh, yeah, the, the point is, Tubi does weird things, and we kind of like it for it. And last time when we were talking about the stuff from Discotheque Day, which, by the way, Duelist, what did you think of them getting Calamity Jane? Uh, I was, I mean, that, sh that show in general getting, you know, an actual release after being unfindable for years is fairly exciting. Uh, that being said, uh, the fact that there's been an ongoing Kickstarter made for some interesting, uh, <laughs> stuff showing up on the Twitters. Shenanigans. Well, yes, it is good. Uh, along with that discussion, uh, we talked about there not being a lot of stuff on the Detective Conan front, which uh, we said we, we, we said what they said. Go talk to TMS. Apparently TMS has been working on stuff for Detective Conan. As we have episodes of the show available on Tubi with an English dub. But wait! It is not the old Funimation dub. These are new-ish episodes in the late 900s. I think it's 960 to 980-ish that are on to be dubbed right now. Yes, and they have what I'm going to say an interesting dubcast. So, I prepared a little interesting thing when this news broke out and once i saw they started adding uh dub cards at the end of these i decided to actually look up the dubs for the funimation the current bang zoom based features and this dub that's on tubi i did not compare every single character that was in this new show and the other two dubs because i'm gonna be real i i'm not that familiar with detective conan as a series i kind of grabbed what it seems to be a small handful of the most recurring characters that are all in all three that i could find so specifically uh conan itagawa shinichi kudo aka kaito kid Ron Mori, Kogoro Mori, Ai Haibara, Ayumi Yoshida, Genta Yojima, and Mitsuhiko Tsuburaya, which is basically Conan, adult chop, the adult version, his girlfriend, her dad, and the Munchkin Detective Squad. So for the Funimation dub, uh, Conan Itagawa was the sense disgraced Allison Victorin. Uh, Shinichi Kudo was Jerry Jewell. 
Ron Mori, Colleen Clinkenbeard. Koguro Mori was R. Bruce Elliott. Ai Haibara, which I, from what I could see, her name was actually something else in that dub. It was V. Greythorn, which was very strange. Anyways, that was Brina Palencia. Ayumi Yoshida was Monica Rial. Genta Kojima was Mike McFarland. And Mitsuhiko Tsuburaya was Cynthia Krantz. Very 2000s Funimation sounding dubcast. And then in the past couple of years, like mid 2010s, we've been seeing a sudden resurgence of new Detective Conan movies and specials getting dubbed over in Bangzoom. So that same cast of characters. Conan Itagawa was played by the legendary Wendy Lee herself. Uh, Shinichi Kudo, aka Kaito Kid is uh Grif- griffin burns ron mori uh girlfriend uh christina v valenzuela kogoro mori xander mobis uh the munchkin squad i haibara as erica mendez ayumi yoshida as janice kawei genta kojima as andrew russell and mitsuhiko subaraya as erica harlicker that leads us into this new dub on Tubi. I saw people talking about stuff with this dub saying something seems a little off about it. And friends, it is not off because this is an AI-based voice cast and dub cast. No, no, no. This is off because this dub is based out in Miami. Oh, Miami dubs, we meet again. Hello, darkness, my old friend. So the reason I mentioned this whole long comparison thing is because there is, in fact, overlap with some of the new cast. Wendy Lee, Griffin Burns, Christina V. Valenzuela, and Xander Mobis are all returning and reprising their roles as Conan Itagawa, Shinichi Kuto, a.k.a. Kaito Kid, Ron Mori, and Kogoro Mori. Oh, that's something. Every single other character, new or one-off, that was in the Funimation and Bang Zoom dubs prior, are all played by new actors. The majority of which are all based out and located in Miami. This is done with the Macias group, I believe. Uh, starting us off, Mitsuhiko Tsuburaya in the 2B dub is Gia Burns. Genta Kojima is Jorge Arancho. Ayumi Yoshida is Crystal Valdez. And this one might be the weirdest one of all. Ai Haibara is Xanthi Wynn. The reason this is the weirdest one of all is this one's not a reprisal from the Bang Zoom dub. 
because Erica Mendez played this character. But literally every other character in the cast is a Miami actor. Why is I being played by a different L.A. actor, but not the original one who played her in the Bang Zoom films? Yeah, uh, okay. I mean, obviously, you'd have to wait for actual confirmation to get an answer to that. But if I had to hazard a guess, my guess would be Barrett Mendez was busy doing something else at the time. So uh, they called up Zappi. It's still strange. Like, it's very clear that TMS wanted a core group of people back for this dub, which was Wendy, Griffin, Christina, and Xander. They wanted them to reprise and stay consistent while they made this new dub for the show. Probably in the same way that the consistent members of the Lupin cast are Tony Oliver, Richard Epcar, Lex Lang, Michelle Ruff, and Doug Erholtz at this point. Like, those will be whatever studio does a new Lupin thing, those are the actors they want to stay consistent across the board. So I'm glad they kept that consistency. But it is very strange that this is a Miami-based dub. Okay, sort of strange in that Miami sort of infamous. But also not that surprising when you think about the fact that dubbing Detective Conan is fucking nuts. Yeah, there's so, so many episodes. I did not think that we were going to see this happen. Nobody did. Nobody fucking did. I get why people would be bummed about the quality of the dub, but like... This, I believe, has more episodes than One Piece does. Pretty sure. Uh, Let me check, because I think One Piece is now at like 1040-ish... Uh oh wow the wikipedia page actually isn't even caught up with the number of episodes oh jesus uh, i can check it out real quick while you're guys are talking uh go for it detective conan world uh so the last episode of detective conan is uh 1,132, which will air this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took a crunch roll. It's up to to 1,074. Wait, what the fuck's this other number, then? In Japan International? What? What the fuck's that number mean then? Why are these numbered differently? There are two columns. What is the first? What is the second? Co- oh, I give up. I give up. I've already put in too much work for this bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, it is so many and on Crunchyroll, so I'm going to guess their number is probably the accurate one. I believe, as I found a another uh, page on Wikipedia, we're up to 1075. And what is this other number on Detective Conan World that I'm looking at right now? Why? Are they- I don't freaking know. Um, chapter count, maybe? It says... Uh, sure. Uh, sure, whatever. This show has been on the air since 1997. It's a little hard to follow. That is... Ac- so this is, like... 
it has been it, people were saying it would be insane to dub and catch up to all of one piece and it was insane they also started the funimation dub of one piece in 2007 <laughs> uh. it has been over 15 years since the new funimation dub of one piece started yeah Oh, a quick correction. Uh, the Detective Conan actually started January 8th, 1996. Oh, my God. Um, so, okay, so a, be, okay so a little before Pokemon and... Okay, no, about like a, a few months before Pokemon and then like a year before One Piece. So, yeah. so where we're going with this is I understand why people would be disappointed about this being a Miami dub and starting this late into the run. It's also unbelievable they're even trying this at all. Like, I, because that is a costly sunk to sink into this. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, also, uh, just because I was curious, I did like glance over to Wikipedia. Uh, manga code is at uh, one thousand one hundred. That one thousand one hundred five. So maybe that's where you got the number from. Yeah. Okay, that mm. would do it. Fucking Christ. Yeah, there's uh, been a lot. So. uh there you go. You can watch it for free on Tubi, along with other things. This next thing you gotta have a cable subscription to get, though, because it's um interesting. So, as we have uh, mentioned over the last little while, uh, Tsunami needs stuff. They need stuff to air. Give them give them stuff, companies. The power of television can be harnessed for good. Even Toei can get that, because they've been airing One Piece uh, weekly for many years now. And we're getting something interesting coming up on the night of March 4th. So just a couple weeks away. Actually, I think it'll be next weekend, so even sooner. It will be episode 590 of One Piece, which is a crossover episode that was previously skipped from Funimation and Crunchyroll. And especially Toei. So... Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, so... For the for the first time ever, we're getting this episode dubbed in English, and yes, it is a crossover between One Piece, Dragon Ball, and... Horiko. Okay, so... This originally came out in 2013. This was called... This is the full name. This is the clunkiest thing I've ever fucking heard. Dream 9 Toriko and One Piece and Dragon Ball Z Super Collaboration Special. Uh, that is the name. It that is, is clunky. And this is kind of fascinating. It's so fascinating this is getting dubbed now for a couple of reasons. One of which... <sighs> Have you ever heard of striking while the iron is hot? Yeah. Kind of like when they came out with that Napoleon Dynamite series like 10 years after the movie. Okay. <laughs> if this is striking while the iron is freezing fucking cold. Because this was during the era where Toei tried hard. And I mean 
really hard to make Toriko on the same level as Dragon Ball and One Piece. It did not work. I mean, not nerfing the violence. They ran it for three years. Funimation did dub it, but they never even finished dubbing the 147 episodes. They only dubbed the first 50 and then never did the rest. I, I realized doing some research... I never actually knew who was in the dub of Toriko outside of, like, three people. I knew the main two characters of Toriko and Komatsu, and that the narrator was Chris Guerrero's first professional voice acting work at Funimation. He has since gone on to be bigger and better things, even in other Toei animation things. So, I'm looking at who's in this special. Obviously... They're gonna get everybody who's in the dub of One Piece and everybody who's in the dub of Dragon Ball still back for the special. I was curious who the hell they would need to get back for the dub of Toriko. So I took a look. So Ian Sinclair was Toriko. Josh Greeley was was Komatsu. Uh, Jared Green and Aaron Roberts were Coco and Sonny, which are the other like supporting characters. Uh, you would also need Leah Clark, Morgan Luray, Brian Mathis, and Heather Walker for the characters in the special. There's only two new people you would need. One is uh, Setsuno, who was played by Julie Erickson, who is now long since retired. And Zebra, who is apparently Toriko's Vegeta. But they never got to him in the Funimation dub because by the time he showed up in that, they had already canceled dubbing that. Which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of who would make sense based on like, what I vaguely remember about that character. Uh, there are options. It's just a matter of, God, who the fuck else would be there? Uh, so I, uh, I mean, I saw our good friend Spaceman Hardy make a joke today to this kid to have to do with just who, like, complete the joke. Because, yes, there's a scene where Vegeta, Zoro, and Zebra all face off with each other, and it's like, you know what? I don't even hate that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, I understand we, I've, I feel a little, Yeah. I would say I feel a little odd about Toriko because of some stuff I had learned about the offer. Now, that being said, I don't feel too bad about this now because Toriko's so fucking ice cold, man. Yeah. It's it's so cold. Yeah, this is uh, this is like the last time it was really good to talk about it for a while anyway. <laughs> like I had a conversation on people where where it's like, I don't need to explain to you what One Piece is. I don't need to explain to you what Dragon Ball is. I, I literally saw people being like, Who the hell's this Toriko guy? And that's the point. Toei tried really yeah. fucking hard to make Toriko the next big thing. And it did not work. So watching this dub, this special finally be dubbed today, 
it's almost adorable as a time capsule. Uh, 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 I just remembered a, a bizarre core memory in that, uh, now, in that prior to Toei, in that prior to uh, Toei uh, making the anime, there was a, like there was like a jump festa OVA made prior as a pilot. I want to guess who do you think made that? Who do you think would have made that? Think of big anime action studio. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, just just throw just throw a name out there. Any name. Yeah. Joe, you can throw some names too. Go for it. You talked over me doing it. I'm sorry. It was struck quiet. I, I feel I awkward when it's quiet. I said David production. Okay. Good guess. Good guess. Good guess. But not quite. I don't know. I don't know shit about Toy Color. Then they got canceled and Bukai replaced it. Jet? Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was, in fact, and I kid you not, it was Ufotable. <laughs> So there was another timeline where the Toriko anime could have been done by Ufotable. And they did fate stuff instead. Oh, bless their hearts. Honestly, <laughs> probably worked out better for the... Definitely made Plus, Nasu a happy man, that's for sure. Thus Toriko's fate was sealed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, this is going to air on TV. It'll be cool, and then we'll just never talk about it ever again. So, uh, it's a dub premiere. It counts as something. It is something. I really want to know the inside baseball on how the hell this happened. God, same, and I know we never will. Uh, yeah, uh, and- I, uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, I know this is just wasteful thinking, but I'm hoping this is like them getting some weird deal with Toei directly, and that in exchange for this, we will finally get Dragon Quest Diagonom as we properly should. Yo, imagine if we get stuff like they start dubbing some of those Dragon Ball specials that they were never able to do. Like, maybe we get that freaking uh... Yo Son Goku and his friends. Dragon Ball Heroes crossover junk that would probably appeal very hard to Aren't those like shorts or something? Yeah. I think so. Possibly. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean that there wouldn't be interest. Mm. Well, uh, there you go. And uh, uh, since this popped up in many people's fees, I'll just mention this. I totally forgot there was a scene in the the Boo Saga where a blind kid named Tommy, which is a reference to the Who's album Tommy, you know, the kid who became the pinball wizard. Walked up to Boo. Boo said, are you afraid of me? And the kid says, uh, I-, I can't see. And Boo goes, okay, I'm going to cure your blindness. Now look up at me. Are you scared of me now? And the kid goes, oh my god, I can see. Thank you, random pink stranger guy. I did like the scenes of Boo being this very strange child. And I, I really like that scene, too. And I, I'm very angry I never pieced together. That was a fucking Who reference all these years. So I'm kind of <laughs> sitting here trying not to lose my fucking mind. Yeah. And apparently in Japanese, that kid was played by uh, uh, Mikumi Hayashibara solely because she wanted to be in Dragon Ball. Yeah, that's that's that fucking right. awesome. That's very funny, but that's awesome. So, yeah. Um... There you go. 
Okay, there's that. Um, the future is on. free. Yes, the future is indeed free because what's old is new again. Watching anime on YouTube is uh, apparently uh, a cool thing now because Viz Media has put up many things up on YouTube to watch for free. Uh, some of you have to watch it with ads unless you're an idiot like me who pay for, pays for YouTube Premium, which means no ads, which is cool. So you'll get all of Death Note, all of Inuyasha, all of Sailor Moon, OG Naruto, seasons one and two of uh, Mr. Osamatsu, and as it says here, sees episodes one to 148 of Hunter Hunter. Note, it's all subtitled. No dubs. You gotta pay for that. I'm honestly, I'm not even upset about that at all. Like, this is incredible. Like, this, this is why people liked Crunchyroll. The, the accessibility of stuff like this to a new audience. Even if these aren't the current shows, this is an incredible catalog of titles. Some of, like, the most prolific in the anime industry. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. This mm-hmm. is incredible. This is genuinely... This is a great move. This is a very smart move on Viz's part. Yeah, glad to be in the call. Yeah. So you can still find plenty of their stuff on other platforms like Hulu and Netflix and so on and so forth. But the option is there if you just want to find something in the background or if you want to recommend somebody something to watch and they don't care about the language, prefer subs, or don't really want to borrow somebody's passwords. Mm-hmm. Free stuff is good. Fantastic. This is such a great idea on Visa's part. Like, actual no cynicism. This is a great idea. Yep. Very good. So, uh, yeah, you can all do that. It's under the uh, movies and TV section on YouTube. So, uh, go look around and you'll find stuff there. And now we come to actual, recognizable, respectable, distinguishable awards to talk about. From the Tokyo Anime Award Festival, the TAF Awards. Animation of the Year went to Spy Family for TV and One Piece Film Bread for Film. And for individual awards, original work screenplay went to Reiki Yoshida for The Heiki Story. Director went to Goro Tanaguchi for One Piece Film Red. Animator went to Yoshimichi Kameda for one, uh, Mob Psycho 100. Background coloring visual category went to Koji Ito for, I think, Demon Slayer. And sound performance went to Otto for One Piece Film Red. Because of course it did. Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, no, all good, deserving winners. Mm-hmm. Very valid picks. Yeah, they were good stuff. And uh, Yeah, nothing particularly like too surprising or groundbreaking, but you know, solid, solid picks all around. Yeah, that's when I realized our next episode is going to be after the Crunchyroll Awards. So, uh, oh boy. Oh man, Crunchy. God, Crunchyroll Awards is a common, ain't it? Yep. And yeah, we will end this section of the show with everybody's uh, favorite, well researched topic of discussion translation. Oh my god. So, Nisio Isin has been penning a manga called Cypher Academy. It's a Nisio Isin series, you know what to expect. Apparently, um, 
its most recent chapter went a little too far for its translator, and I apologize for butchering this name, Kumar Sivasubramanian. You actually did a pretty good job with that, all things considered. I, I tried. Who announced that he will stop translating this series, citing a Screen Rant article describing the manga as, quote, impossible to translate, which, which um, cites a part of the manga from his 10th chapter where the characters, quote, shonen jump manga using only specific Japanese syllables as a particularly difficult passage to adapt. Because of course it is. It's Nisio Eason. He's very weird like that. So the gist of this actual conversation is not that the author is opposed to doing hard work. The crux of the conversation is doing incredibly excruciating hard work on a simul publication schedule. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's the part I think people are going to miss the forest for the trees on. It's not that they were opposed to doing this ridiculously hard job. It's doing this ridiculously hard job on a week-to-week basis while also doing other manga translations too. Like, this is not the only series Kumar is doing weekly. He's also been translating Don 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 week to week, which is a much, much simpler task in comparison compared to something like Cypher Academy. But it is still also a fair bit of work to translate on a weekly timetable. And I think, I don't think he's been doing all the chapters, but he's also done, I've seen his name reading Mission Yozakura Family from time to time, too. So it's not his only Shonen Jump Shueisha thing. Like, I don't think people are going to see this and be like, oh, he's quitting Shueisha or he's quitting working with Viz. No, he's fucking not. He just literally saw the amount of work, effort, and time he had to work on a series like Cypher Academy and just fucking like, yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm Fuck this. I can't even blame him. Like, I, I've i seen some of those panels. Those are insane. Insane. Yeah, and uh, to any of the people out there on the internet who uh, would much rather go to, quote-unquote, other translation sources, or, heaven forbid, machine translation... Shut up. Do know there is a difference between translating words from one language into another and interpreting that into actual speech that people who speak a certain language can internalize and read and understand. There's an art to translation and localization. It's how you make something that would seem like a bunch of garbled gibberish when actually translated by a machine into one language seem legible. You have to put in the work. You can't rely on fan subbers or algorithms to do all that work for you. Oh, but Alex, I didn't think. Oh, but Alex, I didn't think translation is an art form. I think Daisy just like robotically translates stuff, word for word. I'm just gonna say right now, if I have to hear things about literal translations one more fucking time, I'm gonna shit bricks because, uh, I, Alex, did you see anything about the newest My Hero Academia chapter going around? 
I'm going to say no, because I'm not sure what you're referring to. It's, okay, so... It's basically a conversation of a character purposely using modern slang. And in the Japanese, there were author's notes about how the author was kind of trying to explain what those modern terms were and sort of not getting it. So the Viz translation basically did that same modern trendy slang and then replace that with translator's notes, where at some point the translator just kind of eventually was like, uh, I don't know what that fucking means. I don't know, whatever. And it's like part of the gag. It's part of the joke. And then they're like, the fan subs did it much better by doing ironically more out-of-date slang. Hawks isn't a fucking twink, you idiots. Uh, Have you seen a fucking twink? Yeah, I've seen what they look like. They're in store online. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure these are the same people who uh, foam at the mouth whenever an episode of Nakatoro is shown, and uh, that little shithead gremlin is being a shithead gremlin again. Oh my god, people People are still mad about Nagatoro, even in season two. Literally fucking get a life. Oh my god, just shut up. Learn learn Japanese and Romanji, you fucking freaks. The thing is, this is their life. It's a very sad life. Their life is now getting aggressively angry at the fact that Japanese is raising the age of consent. That's what their fucking life is. Yep. Sad people all around. Uh... Alright, and now we get to our announcements and updates section of the show, starting with the first half of the third part of the fourth season of a show that started in 2013. God, it's... Oh my god, is that next week? Yes. We now know that the first part of the third part of the fourth season of Attack on Titan will be airing as a one-hour special one week from Friday, March 3rd. Oh my god, that's next week. And there is no timetable set for the second part. Okay, we're probably going to announce that after the first part airs. I'm going to guess September. <sighs> well, when this episode drops, the clock, the clock starts for all of us because we're going to have a very long discussion about how as I said before, we got from point A to point B. How did we get from teenage soldiers to tortures with funnels up sphincters? Okay. Anyways, um, so yeah, March 3rd, if you don't want to be spoiled on Attack on Titan and haven't up to this point, uh, get on that. Here's a very uh, generic spoiler for everybody. Everyone will die and you will feel nothing but pain and misery. That is aggressively generic. Yes. Yep. That's the idea. You, you sound like the type of person that's trying to promote a comic got killed and be like, any of your favorites can die at any moment. It's like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, in a happier bit of story, remember that show from a couple years ago, Mix, the show about baseball? I 
I do remember that vaguely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do remember it. I was, I was thinking it was five, but it was nowhere near the Cross game. Well, that's not going to stop these people from making more because we have a second season announced starting on April 1st. So this is going to be... God, what, what is April 1st? Is that a Saturday? Uh, it's a Saturday because this is going to be taking the time slot that My Hero Academia currently has. Right. Wait, April I, 1st I, falls I, on a Saturday this year? Yeah. Well, well, don't, well, don't, don't forget. Adult Swim, Adult Swim does their April Fool's Day stuff on midnights of March thirty first. So uh, we'll see what other shenanigans will ensue on that day. But uh, yeah, so season, so kids. season one of this aired four years ago. Yep. While they're getting a second season, I'm, I'm sure somebody's really happy out there. I'm very curious if who's going to direct the dub because at this point. I'm wondering if Anthony Bowling will even get the opportunity to step out of the uh, One Piece for a little bit. We'll find out. We shall find out in due time. Okay, and recently announced, as uh, the show's season just wrapped uh, earlier in the week, The Eminence in Shadow is coming back for a second season sometime soon. I'm very confused why they didn't just announce this at the end of the final episode and waited like a week or two. I don't know. I, I know you're like, didn't they just announce this with the last episode? No, this just got announced like today and the last uh. episode aired last week. Huh. Well, that shows you how much I've been following this season. Not at all. I'm sure it's good. I'm just confused why they, they they didn't just announce this last week if they were going to announce it this soon. Oh. Oh, well. Oh, well is right. Anyways, I hear the show is pretty good still. I have not been watching it because I really haven't been watching a lot. I've been watching more Kim's Convenience than I have anime mostly. Uh, I've been mostly watching Catching Up with Proud Family. So, uh, yeah. I hear that's good. Is that good? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, uh, that reboot has been pretty good, and um, I got to the bit that's made everyone mad, and uh, we truly find that made everyone mad, considering the episode it was in was otherwise kind of like whatever. Jet, if Codename Kids Next Door came out today, you think people would be pissed at number five and call her political? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Eminence and Shadow Season 2. It's coming soon. Eminence and Shadow Season 2 coming soon. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably do like a season wrap-up thing once the, all the shows end and give our brief thoughts on it if we have any, but uh, uh, we'll workshop some ideas. I'll have to actually watch some things. Just, just skim through some things like I do all like I do every time. I think I'm, I'm caught up on Tomo-chan, and that's more or less it. Yeah. The, the season turned out to be kind of mid, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the only thing I've like actively managed to say this isn't went through some degree is probably the dragon. Okay, that one I will watch for a podcast O and A episode. I need okay. to know. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll pencil that in and we'll uh, figure out what to do. All right, carrying on. I still have no idea how Umamusume Pretty Derby became like the most successful anime series on home video in the history of ever. 
Uh, apparently, they're coming back for more. There will be a third season coming out this year. And uh, to all you horse idol fans out there, I'm happy for you. I, They're screaming until they're hoarse. Sadly, that was the best one I had. I'm going to put you in the corner so hard we're going to break wall. <laughs> you just got to glue my feet to the floor? Yes. Yep. Uh, there you go. Uma Musume Season 3. I really... Please, let's move on. I have worse pony jokes. Okay, 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 okay. So, um... One of the shows I've been uh, trying to, you know, watch and catch up on is Licorice Recoil. It's very good. These girls are very good and very, uh... I wouldn't cross them. E even if they have, you know, paintball bullets. But, uh... A lot of people really enjoyed this show. A lot of people really enjoyed even this show. Even... Hideo Kojima enjoyed this show. Hideo Kojima is really a big fan of lesbian Vashta Stampede. Who'd have thunk it? Who isn't? <laughs> well, we got word that uh, their story has not ended. And that word comes to us from director Shingo Adachi because there will be more Licorice Recoil coming soon. We don't know what it'll be, but it will be. I'm really happy that Shingo Adachi's directorial debut was a fucking slam dunk. Like, that dude's been in the industry for a long time now. Like, he's done a lot of animation and character designs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Good for him. This is, that's awesome. Yeah, now, um, Anaplex, don't rush this out, okay? Just let it happen. Also, I know people are going are still probably mad at the fact that they didn't overtly canonize it. I will counteract and say that scene with the sunset on the beach has the fucking lesbian flag colors, dude. It's about as overt as you're gonna get. Yep. <clears throat> Alright. Yeah, there's that, and... Uh, we mentioned earlier when Anime Japan is uh, going to take place. It'll be taking place at the end of March. One of the things that comes with it is the annual list of titles we want to see as anime poll thing that happens every year. And always on those lists is the Apothecary Diaries, a novel series that has been going on for quite a while. And apparently... Some people in Toho OLM said, okay, fine, we're going to give you what you want. There will be an Apothecary Diaries anime coming in 2023. It will start Aoyugi. And I'm sure a lot of people are happy about this, considering it's been on those Anime Japan poll lists for many years in a row. So this is interesting, actually, for a couple of reasons. One, the, sp the specific fact that this isn't just being produced by Toho Animation, one of the two credited studios is OLM. Everybody knows that's the Pokemon studio, among any other things. But the other one is something called Toho Animation Studio. I looked this up. Apparently, this was originally known as, like, a company called I&A, I, I established in 2017 by Ilka and Anima, if those studios name sense. They changed the name to Toho Interactive Animation after Toho bought a 35% stake. 
and then Toho bought it from the other studios, has a majority stake, and renamed it to Toho Animation Studio. So this is now effectively their first project since renaming it and claiming the majority stake in that studio. And this is a pretty good project to start out on. I have heard nothing but fantastic things about the Apothecary Diary series for a long time now. And I gotta say, the staff they got on this is also really strong, and that trailer looks fantastic. It's it's clearly a pre-animated trailer, but fuck, that's a great-looking trailer. Mm. So, the director they got attached to this is Norhiro Naganuma, who was the director of Season 1 of The Ancient Magus Bride. That is a strong person to get to help your project. Uh, the character designer is Yukiko Nakatami, who has done several recent series for Precure, including Go Princess Precure and Tropical Rogue Precure, who's designing the characters for this. And then you've got the three composers for this anime. Satoru Kosaki, who has done Vivi Fluorite's Eye Song. Arisa Oki Hazama, who has done Onamai, I'm Now Your Sister. And a little known name? Kevin fucking Penkin. He's getting all that work. Good for him. Fucking good for him. This is a solid staff. This trailer looks fantastic. This has been one of those really requested titles for a long time. I think if they do this right, this one's going to get a big critical following. It at least looks like they're putting their best foot forward on this one. Oh, hey, you guys want to hear a piece of news tangentially related to us? I would be curious to hear a piece of news tangentially related to the Apothecary Diaries coming later in 2023. Uh, my, you just made my brain go blank somehow. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I didn't even do anything that hard. I just, I basically just wrapped up my segment on the topic and then gave you the ball and then you just sort of fucking fumbled. Okay, what yeah. were you trying to say, Julius? What were you trying to say? Uh, evidently, Netflix is no longer making their g- planned Gorillas animated movie due to the streaming service slashing its animation budget. I did see that, and <sighs> uh, yes, I yeah. am upset about that. Let's just not make any... You know, I think I'm actually more annoyed by cool things being at least half greenlit and then not happening than just things not happening at all. That might sound stupid, but... Basically, you would rather have never known it existed than to find out it was canceled. I I, I didn't need to know about that Bone movie. It didn't get made. God, I'm so Uh... angry about Bone. I'm so fucking angry about Bone. There's so many cool... Like, this is why we keep getting so many fucking anime. As much as the anime industry is fucking falling apart, they come out. A lot of it's garbage. But they come out! Oh. Such is life. It stinks. Anyways, hopefully Apothecary Diaries does not stink and does not get cancelled by Netflix. Here's open. 
Ears open indeed, and, uh, yeah. Moving on from there, uh, people like the Slime Time show, it seems, even if just by looking at the posters, you'd have no idea what it, what the main character is supposed to look like, but um, there will be more. The third season is now slated to be airing in the spring of 2024. That's a bit far out, but not surprising because they did recently just wrap up a uh, feature film a few months ago. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like there's going to be a three-part OVA coming out in the fall, probably as a uh, something to release in between then, because they know this is a long gap. But, like, I'm not complaining. Slime's good, but also what makes Slime good is that it's actually a pretty solid production. It's also kind of the series that really made me actually appreciate and respect Studio 8-Bit as a company. Because, like, my first introduction to them was a show I absolutely hated. Uh, and I gotta finish season two at some point. I think the LE of that is long since out of print now, so... Yeah, yeah, it's it's still good. I understand why you would be off put by some elements of it. Believe me, I get it. But uh, I, yeah. I still I still enjoy it. Uh, yeah, yeah, there just a specific thing in season two that kind of put me off, but I will probably catch up eventually. If I told you, it's at least better than Overlord in that regard. Would it help? I mean, I haven't heard. I mean, the stuff I've heard about how Overlord has kind of made me hesitant to like give that one a chance. So. Uh... I suppose. I'm, say- I'm saying it's better, yes. Uh, anyways. Yeah, slime time. It's... If Welcome to Demon School Irma doesn't technically count, it is what I would consider my favorite isekai. Hmm. So yeah, there will be more coming in the near future, which is cool. Along with something else coming in the near future. So, um... Zoids is a thing that just somehow manages to stick around despite all the odds working against it. I, I, I'm i kind of impressed. I, I really am. Yeah. Well, as we are approaching its 40th anniversary uh, in Japan, last year was our 40th anniversary for it, there is something coming from the official Zoids underscore official Twitter account. He's coming back. At last, the promise has been made. Don't miss it. Zoid's 40th anniversary. No idea what this is, but it sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, specifically, they showed uh, the protagonist of uh, Chaotic Century, for anyone who remembers that one. So, uh, I don't know, maybe they're bringing that back. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, uh, I'm more familiar with the one that followed after it, but I do remember enjoying Chaotic Century. My relationship with Zoid is, like, very distant at this point, so I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I'm just I'm just as kind of impressed. Yeah. Well, if any of you need a crash course on Zoids, uh, the YouTube channel Secret, Secret Galaxy has a video on Zoids. Also has a video on Thundercast 2011, that show that certainly existed. I liked that show. I understand that one got a raw deal, but I liked that show. I liked it too, it's just the second half of it sucked. 
I don't remember the second half of it, so that's probably why I remember it fondly. Pumira turned evil and was going to be revealed as an exceptoid. Uh, I, do, I do remember it had some exceptionally like weird twists that just kind of seemed like, well, we gotta make Lionel oh, suffer God. for some reason. So uh. yeah, it was bad. It's it's what happens when people who don't know how the anime writing structure works tries to write an anime structure Thundercats show, which. Uh, didn't work in the end. Does Undercatch Roar get a raw deal too? Depends on who you ask. I feel like in some regards it did. Like the creator of it has been getting increasingly raw and raw deals. Literally all of his shows have gotten erased by Warner and like the cool movie he was gonna do got fucking cancelled. Like that's what you were talking about, Duelist. It's like I'd rather not know the cool thing was going to exist. We live in a very strange world, what we're trying to say. We live in a world where right now the value of media as art is so goddamn disrespected. Because it's not about media being art, it is media being product. It is media being capital content. And it's it's rough, fuckers. It's really rough. Ugh. Okay, well, with that uh, very depressing thought, we now come to our final bit of the show, Home Video Talk, of which we have some slates to talk about here, starting with Sentai's June Slate. This is a much stronger slate than we've seen in the past two months. Yes. All right, so starting on June 6th, we have a new release of Triad X for all you out there who like uh, super etchy, violent stuff. Fun fact, this was the series the author of High School of the Dead was working on because he got too depressed working on High School of the Dead. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I vaguely remember watching uh, Triad X. Mostly, mostly, I remember it ended on, like, I think it was... I don't, I can't remember exactly how long it was. I think it was like maybe like an eight to ten minute bath scene that it just ended up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't surprise me. Also, I, I feel this is gonna bug the crap out of me. I feel like it's triage X. Might be because triage is. Uh... It, 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 it might be. I'm not gonna remember. I, I know you're putting hmm. more effort into a show called Triage X than most people would care to, but either way, let's call it Tri Age. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, okay. That that <laughs> okay. took such okay. a nosedive. Okay. 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 Moving on. June thirteenth, we have a new release of Buso Shinki. You say my jokes are bad. Fuck. I don't know what this is. I I love Sentai Slates because I always discover a new show I've never fucking heard of. Um, Uso show I can think of is not this. This is a show that, if you can believe it, was based off of a line of action figures from Konami from 2006. The show came out in 2012. Rahito might only be a freshman in high school, and he might have just moved back to Japan after living overseas. Despite those seeming social 
disadvantages. He's already living with four beautiful girls. Of course, that's because his girls are all shinky. The tiny six-inch high customizable fighting androids that have become the latest craze. And don't let their size fool you. Just because Hina and Enes and Lenny are small enough to keep in shoeboxes, that doesn't mean they're not intelligent, packed with firepower, and eager to take on whatever tasks their master assigns. Oh my god. <sighs> This feels like a, we need to renew the rights to this property or we lose it. Unfortunately, they're also extremely competitive, and since each one wants to be Rahito's favorite, get ready for more than a few sparks of fireworks to fly around the house as Rahito's battery-powered princesses take out all co- I, Oh my god, that, I honestly thought that said coomers. Okay, 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 Andrew. Andrew, okay, Andrew, I'm, I'm actually begging you to stop, please. It says all comers. I seriously uh, thought it said comers. There's no dub for this, by the way. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, also out on June 13th is season two of Maiden Abyss. Yay. Uh, and an LE is coming for this later, but Maiden Abyss season two. I'm definitely going to buy yeah. this. I will definitely also need to watch it. It's good and depressing. Sounds about right. And also probably a little gross. Oh, very gross. Sounds about right. All right. Also, on June 20th, we have the premium box set for season four of Haikyuu. Yay! Yay. I was waiting for this. And yes, the spine matches the other three sets. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have a new release, albeit sub-only, which is unfortunate, but it's still cool that this is coming out. Watch uh, Primagi. Yay! Yeah, uh, it's cool this is coming out, but, like, I mentioned it on Twitter, but, like... Uh, honestly, in my mind, it is just kind of. I just kind of feel like you know, releasing kid shows this way just kind of seems functionally pointless to me. Yeah, we know. There's definitely a, there's definitely a way. There's a sort of give and take of like, do you want to actually market anime to kids, or are you just only marketing to like the otaku at this point? Uh, that is definitely the mindset of streaming, of the streaming giants, and I kind of wish they'd maybe uh, consider that. I mean, uh, you gotta grow the audience at some point. It, it's one of those things where it's why I actually like Irma Kuhn in the regards of like, this isn't perfect, but Irma genuinely feels like something I could recommend and show kids. It's like a little PG, PG 13, but it's also a shonen anime. So, the, the most I'd have to do is explain to a kid what a succubus is, but I could probably watch that with, like, my <laughs> nephews. Uh, this next one makes me sad, because I know there's no way it has a dub. You would be correct. Yep. Coming out on uh, June 27th, the new release of Girlish Number. I, I understand the disappointment, but it's very clear at this point, Sentai is long past going down and dubbing the things in their catalog that they used to have. I, I, I do remember I do remember enjoying that show, so it's kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, this show premiered in October of 2016, by the way. Damn. Guess what else premiered that month? What? Oh, you know, just a little well-known show that took every, the world by storm. Uh, Flip Flappers. Oh my god, wow. Oh, and also this show called Yuri and I, she might have heard of. Uh, uh, okay, I, I, I was pretty sure that's where you were going, but I wasn't talking. I, God. 
the f- so we were talking about Toriko striking while the iron is cold. Honestly, the Yuri on Ice fandom is basically keeping the ember burning when Mappa refuses to light it up. Yep, that's just what we do. Do you think we're gonna get anything this year? There has to be something. There has to be something. Uh, I know. In my mind, it's something is going to be so I have a better one now since it's happening in a different studio. Uh, okay, let's just move on because I'm getting sad now. Also out on June 27th, My Isekai Life. That slime has an eye patch. How whimsical. I don't, yep. I don't have a strong feeling for this one. I just think the slimes are cute and I like the one with the eye patch. Okay. And from there, we go to Crunchyroll's May Slate, which is following the pattern of being super loaded yeah. after a very, very dry month. Yeah, so I think I was on to something in regards to the last month being very dry, and this one's actually got a good bunch of stuff in it, which means June's going to be fucking nothing. Oh, God, okay. Moving on. Okay, let's just uh, move on. May 2nd, we have Tomodachi Game. Uh, out of the edge. I know people really like it, and one of the special features seems to be the English cast playing a Tomodachi game. That's actually pretty neat. <laughs> and we have Shikimori, not just a cutie. I liked this show. It wasn't the it. It was stuck in a season with a lot of really good like rom coms, and this one was just kind of decent. But you know what? It's a charming little show. I liked the cast of characters. And yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. That was good. I liked the little blonde bitch. She was funny. Also, the manga of this just ended. Mm. On May 9th, we have part one of season one. That's how they say it, of Al-Ashi. So, so this... So remember when we were talking about April's very minuscule release slate of like four titles? This was actually an April title that got pushed to May. How about that? So I think April just has like One Piece, Galactic Heroes, and Cowboy Bebop, and that's it now. Uh. Anyways, Awashi, I hear good things about the show. I'll get to it eventually. Uh, Karen Strange is a very good that show. I'm very glad Karen Strange is getting some damn good work. Uh, newest Tomachan, <laughs> he really got the fucking show off of that one. It's great. Mm. <clears throat> and we have our first Ellie of the month, season two of Restaurants from Another World. Fucking what? Yeah. Fucking what? Okay. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to pretend I always understand the logic of what does or doesn't get a limited edition, especially nowadays at Crunchyroll, but usually it's like the the seasonal trendy stuff like the big ones or the isekai light novel stuff restaurant to another world season two when season one didn't get anything and it's a nice looking set that can house season one in it that's right and it has a an art book 
uh, with interviews and more. And as it says here, three official recipe cards. So I guess they couldn't find room for recipes in the book. I can't. Okay. Honestly, I'm glad they're recipe cards. And also, I need to give a shout out to that art book preview because it does the one thing that pisses me off even about art books of Ellie's I really like. They credit both the Japanese and the English voice actors. Like, the only other ones I can think of that do that is Fire Force Season 1, and my friends tell me By the Grace of the Gods does this too. Which it was then pointed out to me the common denominator between all three of those is those are co-productions. Ah. Which... Which, man, a restaurant to another world? Yeah. I'm not upset. I'm actually quite pleased. I'm just... Really? Was not expecting a nice set. This looks like a great... Oh my god, it looks like the door. Oh shit, this looks great. Where the fuck did this come from? Yeah, sometimes they can surprise you. There are things in this month that I was more expecting to get an LE over this one. And lo and behold. Yeah. And so we move on to May 16th. We have Aharansan wa Hakarunai. This is one I knew was never going to get a limited edition release. But this show is made for me. And I love it. I love these fucking dorks. I love my boy Rhino so fucking much. So fucking much. I love that stupid motherfucker. I love these idiots. They're great. I'm totally picking this one up. And we have two shows that also include, I believe, French and German dubs. Okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, Remember back when we talked about Platinum End? So... Those were releases that contained not only Japanese and English audio, but also the French and German dubs as well. So, continuing that trend are three shows coming out this month. The first two are The Dawn of the Witch and The Greatest Demon Lord is Reborn as a Typical Nobody. So yeah, these will be available also in Australia and New Zealand and contain the English, French, German, and Japanese language audio tracks, including English, German, and French subtitles too. And and, uh, Europe as well. Europe, yes. So this is like cross-regional release. I think we're going to see a lot more of these down the road, but that's still that's still pretty wild in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I hear from people who really liked Grimoire of Zero that kind of thought this anime was sort of a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Okay. Yes, it's a sequel spin-off in the world of Grimoire of Zero. That's why you see th- that's why you see uh Zero and her big furry bodyguard man right there. Yeah. Also side note about uh these uh the 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 back of the discards the, the boxes here. Wow, they just did not try at all on these two. Like they're just literally one line sentences. Yeah. 
try and sell the show, people. Come on. I mean, that's what the title is for. The reason we have a title is that we don't uh. need a synopsis. Yeah. Also, uh, some of these titles have the old uh, Funimation back art template. Some of these don't. That's very inconsistent, and that bothers me. Welcome to the merger. Inconsistency uh. is consistent. Yeah. Inconsistency is a big part of Gex, I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, May 23rd, we have Data Life 4. Yep, more Data Life. We're still getting more Data Life. And we have Trapped in a Dating Sim, uh, Otome, the uh, Mobs. So, I don't care for this show. This was the one I was expecting to get a limited edition over Restaurant to Another World. So welcome to the strange, bizarro world we're in right now. Bizarro. What? Nothing. Okay. So this is the third release, just like Dawn of the Witch, just like Greatest Demon Lord, that has English, French, German, and Japanese audio all together that will be available in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Neato. And we're about to get out on May 30th. We have part two of Requiem of the Rose King. All right. Requiem of the Rose King. That is a very strange show, but that is a very solid dub, by the way. And we close out the month with Violet Evergarden the movie on Blu-ray, on 4K, and in a 4K limited edition set. Yeah, this one I wasn't fucking expecting at all. Wow. Now, I have to play out I have to point out one thing. What's that? Uh the last time that the uh, the company released a movie on 4K Blu-ray, it was Akira. They screwed up that disc by not having any HDR encoding on the disc. And even though some of us did the form for a replacement disc that would come down the line, well, they re-released it like, over a year later with just the movie on an actual 4K HDR Ultra HD Blu-ray disc. And since some of us didn't get the replacement disc, that meant we had to buy it again. So I can understand you being reasonably skeptical and burned. This is your second chance at this. Do not screw this up. Up again. From what I hear, they might be using the same disc that already exists elsewhere. Oh yes, because um, a while back I bought the Violet Evergarden movie 4K LE from Anime Limited in the UK, and it's very pretty. It's very possible they might be using the same masters. If that's the case, then again, don't screw it up. The other thing I need to sh to talk about is the fact that the Violet Evergarden the movie limited edition set apparently has a filler box that's designed to fit the Violet Evergarden complete series limited edition? That's interesting. The one hmm. that most people don't have because that went out of print so fast, but my lovely girlfriend has because she bum-rushed bought that off of Amazon? <laughs> there is a there is a spot that can fit it. Like that that's what? What this took like how many years? They planned that far ahead? That's what? 
I did not expect fucking Crunchyroll to put this out. Well, let's be real. This isn't Crunchyroll that got this license. This was Funimation. Still impressive, and honestly one I think I will consider getting. I just need to actually get something that plays 4K discs. Hmm. Buy a used Xbox One S. I'll play 4K discs, no problem. At this point, I'm just waiting on the release date for Spider-Man 2, and that's going to be when I buy that PS5. If Sony lets you. Yeah. Uh, also, you can just check, like, used electronic stores. Like, I, I bought a used 4K Blu-ray player like 15 bucks they're getting real cheap wait actually yeah it's like five six years old but it still works just fine wild yeah so yeah there's that but not to be outdone media blasters is back with something else that they're coming out with on march 21st something called Final Examination Kujira Progressive. Okay, so this one, I don't even know what this is. I had to look this up. This was a five-minute short in 2007? So these are like short episodes with a OVA, which was like six of them it's a 30 minute ova so that's like six episodes together and that ova is gonna have a brand new english dub yeah why would they dub that and not the actual show media blasters is weird because it's 30 minutes cheaper I, I, I'm intrigued this exists, and I'm intrigued they're dubbing this? Nothing in my work. I, I don't think I actually had Media Blasters puts out a new anime that is dubby eligible because, honestly, all the hentai is, is not for safety reasons. <laughs> I'm already kind of on the edge for even considering Ascendant Animation stuff, to be honest. Hmm... <laughs> But, yeah. Thanks? Cool. I, I mean... I, I, I'm not going to say no, no. I'm not going to say I'm upset. I'm just like, cool? It's it's 15 bucks, so it's something. It's 15 bucks. Like, sure. It's 15 bucks for like 90 minutes. That's not terrible. Yeah, that certainly is uh, Media Blasters for you. It's not terrible. You know what? You know what, Media Blasters? This is impressive. You put a lot of hard work in this. That's a very nice cover art. See? We're going to put this right here. Right on top of the fridge. So everybody can see what a good job you did. It's so uh, nice. Every one of our friends is going to come over and be like, wow, Media Blasters did that? Wow, that's so cool. I'm proud of them. Good job, Media Blasters. Now you go you go play in your sex dungeon. Have fun with that little champ. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, that is it. We, we told you there's no theme to the show. It's just a hodgepodge of stuff, and we got through it relatively quickly. I'm proud of us. We're, get, we're, we're getting better. 
We're getting better with our stamina. Yes. So, any final words before we head out of here and prepare for whatever cringe Crunchyroll is going to unleash upon us? Uh, whatever else may happen, uh, Pluto is coming again. Uh, at least we have that. Ain't that. Happy Ash Wednesday. It's the day meant to celebrate my cat, Ash, who is adorable and precious, and he's sleeping in this chair right next to me. Hey, little guy. That should tell you how far back this uh, show was recorded, because, um... Uh, yeah. Who needs immersion, anyway? Eh, who needs immersion when you got cute cats? Who's yeah. a good boy? Well, that'll do it for us. So, uh, thank you all for listening to this this podcast on it. We hope we'll come back next time for award slash cringe talk, which we'll try and keep to a minimum. We'll fail. So, uh, we will inevitably fail. Yes. So, until then, um, yeah, it's 10 o'clock. I'm going to make some pizza rolls. Bye. Good night. Good night.